There is a growing trend of having live-in relationships um, as a as opposing to marriage. So escaping marriage, we're finding more people falling in living relationships. Is that a movement forward? Would that would that be considered something, you know, as good as something that um, would take us towards freedom? Freedom. <laughs> We are very good at playing with names. Hmm? So, if you are married to someone, you live with him or her. In a live-in relationship too, you live with somebody. How does it matter? Ultimately, you are living with somebody. Why are you living with anybody? You can choose the marriage route, you can choose the live-in route, you can choose some other route. You can decide to be part of a commune or some other setting, some other kind of gathering, a club or something. But the thing is about company and relationship. Why is there such a hungry need to be with someone? And when I say why, I mean why, it's a question, not an allegation. Hmm? When I say why is there such a need to be with someone, we need to answer this. It's mostly about men and women being together, right? There is a man, there is a woman. When they are married, then they have obtained some kind of a social license, a sanction. The hold of the society is now loosening. Mm. The old barriers of religion and caste are slowly crumbling. And especially the big cities offer a lot of anonymity. So you can afford to be together without seeking the sanction of family or society and that you call as live-in relationship. Hmm. In fact, uh, many, if most, if not most of the live-in partners would probably not have moved into live-in had it been possible to somehow get married. Hmm? Given a choice, they would get married, but because marriage is being opposed on grounds of caste, religion, economics, or something. Hmm. So they decide to live in, in an anonymous way. Hmm. I'm not saying this happens in all live-in cases, but in a large number of cases, this too is the story. Hmm. So all said and done, it is about the desire to be with a person, whether in the married way or in the unmarried way. Why is there such a great desire to sleep on the same bed and live in the same room. What the hell is that person bringing to your life? Must that question not be asked? Even if you get married, what do you do? You bring a man or woman to your house or you move to his house. 
whichever way. What's so great in sleeping upon somebody's bed or having somebody else come to your bed? And is that not what the culmination of marriage is about? Sharing a common bed and gaining the authority to slip your hand inside somebody's pants. Hmm. Even the courts of law call that as consummation of marriage. Hmm? Hmm. So, live-in is unofficially a marriage. Live-in is an unofficial marriage. Live-in is marriage not sanctioned by society. Otherwise, what really is the difference? Tell me. And we said many of the live-in couples would marry if marriage were to be made possible to them. Hmm. Hmm? Married couples fight and there have been so many reports of live-in partners not merely fighting but actually assaulting each other and even killing each other. If my memory serves me right, the courts have ruled that if two people have been living with each other since long in a live-in way, they are to be treated as de facto married couples. And having lived in with a woman, if you drop her after let's say three or four years, you are even liable to pay alimony and such stuff. I might not be uh, expressing the legal nuances very accurately, but that's the gist of what even the courts have ruled. Hmm? So there is not much difference between live-in and marriage. The question is, one, why do you need a partner? You need to ask that to yourself. Secondly, if you indeed do need a partner, are you with the wrong person? Are you with the right person? If you discover that you really do need the presence of somebody in your life, first of all, the reasons must be very, very clear. You cannot just blindly go about inviting somebody into your very, very personal inner space. Hmm. Reason has to be absolutely clear. Secondly, if you are clear that you indeed do need someone, then you need to very honestly, very rigorously ask yourself, the person that I am right now choosing, is he really right for me? To answer that question, you will have to move into the spiritual dimension. When you want to answer whether that person is right for me, you need to know who you are. You need to know what your deepest desire is. And then you also need to know what would really fill that desire. So, you ask me, is living really an advancement, not quite, not quite. It is just another kind of marriage, hmm? just another kind of marriage. Cohabitation is a sensitive thing. Living with somebody, cohabitation is a very sensitive thing. One thing that really changes your life this way or that way is the power of company. Hmm. 
when you are living with somebody then that person gains enormous power to affect your life in all kinds of ways and you too get that power so it is both a vulnerability and a responsibility you become responsible for the other person's upkeep and you cannot do justice to that responsibility if you are not a spiritually evolved person if you are someone who cannot take care of herself how will you be sure that your presence your company is not becoming an influence of sickness on the other person so be very very alert about cohabitation just don't start living with anybody be very very conscious of your personal space it is sacred not everybody must be allowed to enter it i'm not merely talking of the body the mind is much much more sacred than the body the purity and such things of the body probably do not matter so much but the mind must be kept virgin not every tom dick harry must be allowed to touch your mind hmm? be very cautious that applies to your friends and your that applies to your friends your family everybody very 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 good interjection very good very good so when you are talking of marriage and living and such things you must first of all be careful about your family members as well now that makes it a little explosive yeah but then as a teacher it is my responsibility that this aspect too is brought out aren't you living with your family members you aren't probably related to them in a sexual way but the power of company the influence of a person's presence on your life is still taking place hmm. Hmm? so see what is the presence of other people doing to you obviously when uh, you are with uh, a sexual partner then the power and the influence are magnified many fold hmm. but even if uh, the one you are with is not your uh, husband or wife or uh, sexual partner even if that person is merely a friend or a brother or a sister or a father or a mother or a relative company would still show effect so be very cautious of the one you are spending time with the face that you are regularly seeing the body that you are regularly smelling the voice that you are frequently hearing these are the things that would decide the direction of your life so for the youth in the sense is there a specific age where you just need to be alone in the sense that you know you have to first explore obviously you must learn aloneness you must learn aloneness before you relate with people you must be very very comfortable with yourself mm. if you are someone who cannot be with herself comfortably easily gladly then kindly spare the other person if you are not all right with yourself 
then don't start piggybacking on the other. And usually, that is it is that way. You go to the other precisely because you are not okay with yourself. Hmm? Which is not good. At the same time, we must remember that we will have to relate with each other. Hmm. Hmm. We are not going to live insulated, isolated. Hmm. We are going to be related. But the relationship has to be healthy. You should not become a burden on the other. You should not become a carrier of pathology to the other. A couple of things just as like for everybody who's listening, like if a youngster is listening to this, what are the ways in which they can take steps to learn to be alone? Like is it read? When you are reading, it cannot be a group activity, obviously. You and the book, read, learn to travel alone, watch movies alone, hmm? play. There is so much that can be done only in your aloneness. And that would keep you, make you very, very strong from the inside very fulfilled, very complete in yourself, then you would not be approaching the other as a beggar. Hmm. Then even if you approach the other, then even if you relate to the other, it would be a relationship of health, a relationship in which you have something to give, a relationship of joy, not a relationship of dependence and desperation. Hmm. Well, maybe Everybody who you are surrounding are reading. Yes, yes, yes. We need to see a lot of young people traveling on their own. Hmm. We need to see a lot of young people living all by themselves for very long years. Many, many long years. We need to see these things. And we need to see young people who are much more socially conscious. So when I say they are living all by themselves, that does not mean that they are socially cut off. Hmm. They are relating to the wider society in a purposeful, productive, creative way, they are not just going and uh, uh, riveting themselves to one male or one female and declaring that the two of them are their entire universe. Mm. And that's what happens, you know. When you say you are in love, especially when you are freshly in love, you say it's the two of us and that's our world. Mm. No, not that way. When you are really comfortable with yourself, then you find that you have gained the the power and the expanse to relate with a hundred people, hundred people, without making any of them extraordinarily and pathologically special for yourself. Mm. 